Hello and welcome to episode 21. My name is Ross. And I'm Greg. And it's time to put the kettle on because it's tea time. Right then, Craig, what's in the news today? Uh, cool. So I've got a nice piece um, on Boris Johnson's 10-point green plan. So where else should we start, really? That's kind of a big number news one. in the UK right now. Number one. That's what I was suggesting. <clears throat> Good shout. Yeah, let's, let's go with that. Um, so these 10, these 10 uh, plans that they're looking to do, I think we know most of them already, to be honest, and we have discussed them. Uh, by themselves, um, where they're being petitioned is they're going to potentially make a quarter of a million jobs. So that's pretty cool. Uh, but what we can see from this is that Boris, he wants the green revolution to happen. And he wants it to happen on his watch. That's going to be good for him. Uh, and the 10 points are as follows. Number one, a ban on combustion engine sales by 2030 with grants for electric cars and funding for charge points. Um, they've also kind of made a little thing saying that uh, the sale of certain hybrid cars and vans will continue till uh, 2035. So slightly cheating perhaps, but that seems to be a good thing. I think we've already, we already know about that, so that's good. Um, number two, eight. Previously announced pledge to quadruple offshore wind by 2030 um, to basically produce 40 gigawatts, which will be enough to power every UK home. Awesome. Again, we know about this. We uh, love the fact that the UK is going to become king of the wind. And number three is a move to boost hydrogen production with the promise of a town heated entirely by hydrogen by the end of the decade. So that's that's an interesting one, because it is, yeah. Yeah, we know how you feel about hydrogen. So, well, I'm just still a bit. We need to do a proper research on it. We need to do an episode on it. Uh, and if you agree with me, then put that in the comment below. But um, yeah, I, I I'm still worried about hydrogen being a um, a the the illusion of green when in fact it is not. Yeah, and that does echo what Elon Musk believes. I think. Does it? Okay. Well, we, you, him and I are usually on the same page, so. Yeah, I know he's uh, he's hesitant with hydrogen, and that's kind of what China's getting into. I think he's kind yeah. of like said. Because yeah. I think you can do it responsibly, but I think you can also not do it. You can, you know, the fact that you can do it either way means that we won't know. They'll just say it's it's clean hydrogen, and that will just might mean cleaner. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I'm not sure if there's a um, debate of which town gets powered by hydrogen, but I mean that could be Yorval. You could be lucky there. So that, that is, you know, yeah, you could see it firsthand how that works. <laughs> or you could become a son. You, we're not sure how that's going to work yet. Uh, number four. So uh, there's an investment of uh, half a billion pounds towards uh, nuclear power. So this is primarily into research and investment. And this um, basically is bringing along the next generation of nuclear power. Um, and I think we've talked about what that next generation is going to look like, and that's nuclear uh, fusion. So these right. guys are getting a bunch of that money because they are the future. Um, and I think it's already been said that they will, basically they see this now as bringing them into reality within the next 20 years, which I think is a really 
a cool thing because as we've discussed previously, this has been an ambition for decades and we always seem to be close, but not close enough. So yeah, maybe that half a billion is what they need to get it done. So we'll find out in 20 years. Uh, number five, a billion pounds next year to fund the and insulate homes and public buildings using the existing Green Homes Grant and public sector decarbonization schemes. So we, we've also talked about these green grants before. Um, yes. Scotland, England and Wales and Ireland, we have different rules. So Wales, we don't have them directly. Um, we have to apply for different things, which is awkward. So hopefully that gets fixed. England have the proper green schemes and Scotland have their own thing. So check out where you are to see what you can get. But the idea is that you can get up to, I can't remember the numbers exactly, but you can get quite a nice whack. Is it a um, third or something? Third off? Or yeah, that? I think so, yeah. But can you remember the actual amount to rebound? 5,000 pounds or something? Yeah, I can't remember. It was around that. I can't remember the exact number. Yeah. So yeah, just get your home insulated, which would be a good shot. Uh, number six is an extra 200 million invested in carbon capture initiatives. So vague, but we'll see how that works out. I still don't like that one too much. No? Okay. Uh, number seven is a support for greener energies in aviation and maritime sectors uh, with 20 million committed to the latter. So maritime, sure we are, we are um, electric powered ferries, for example. Yep. Um, ships in general could be powered that way. Um, aviation is interesting. I'm not really sure what we can do there, but I, I suppose 200 million will. No, no, sorry, it's not 200 million. It's only 20 million. It's not a lot of money, really. So see what they can do with that. Not for the, not for aviation, no. <laughs> is that a couple of planes? No. <laughs> yeah, two, two or three. A couple um, of planes. I would tell that we already know how how to do. <laughs> No, that can't see that going too far. But I guess they're just looking into the um, possibilities of um, alternatives, aren't they? Just doing some research. I think so, yeah. I, I'm not sure if that's going to go to some guy who's just going to, I don't know, use his BTEC skills to convert a plane with leaf batteries or something. But <laughs> number eight is uh, 30,000 hectares of trees planted every year as part of a conservation effort. So that's pretty cool. cool. Well, so I still think it's the simple ones that are going to be the most effective. So, yeah. yeah I, I agree. Um, number nine is a move to promote public transport, cycling, walking uh, through new schemes, etc. So I think public transport is a big one because obviously that's taken a massive hit this year where people are working remote. People aren't using the trains and buses and they are dying. Um, if they weren't already public funded, they would have definitely become so doing this year. So... Improving them is a must, I think. I think, I think that the main issue is that, um, as we found out when we did um, our little um, video in Palmer, um, mm. it's more about, for me, redesigning the, the town centres for it to... Um, I mean, yes, you obviously need to still need buses, no services need to work, but when you're... You need to be generally out and about on foot anyway, or on your bike anyway, and then decide to yeah. add a bus into the route and it's easier to do that if your city is designed that way. But if you still got your cars driving right from the middle, then you've got you've got some work to do. Yes. So we know Bristol is looking to do that, and if they could start banning cars in the centre, I mean that would be a great step. Where it is just pedestrian friendly. I think that's kind of where 
Scandinavian countries have gone and obviously yeah, Mallorca, they've done the same. So yeah, it'd be nice to see a bit more of that. I mean we have scooters now in uh, in, in Yeovil. Oh yes. <laughs> yeah, I've I've seen two electric scooter bays so far. I'm sure there are more, but I need to get the app to come out, but yeah. Cool. Any any sort of negative stories so far? Similar to like uh, Birmingham and Manchester? Not heard any yet. It's probably not enough of them, to be honest. But um, I might have to give that a whirl. I might have to just go and get on one and whiz about on it for a couple of hours, see what it's like. Yeah, please do. Please report back. Well, we'll get interested. a lockdown. Get down here. You can go on together. I've seen at least two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, and number 10, the final one, is a pledge to make London the global centre of green finance. Yes. So I think that's a needed one this year, given that the finance sector in London is taking a bit of a hit due to Brexit, which is happening in four weeks. And the idea there, I suppose, is, yeah, don't all run away. The green investment schemes are going to be amazing, as we've seen. Yeah. Um, just just investing in offshore wind itself is just astronomically I've, good. I've been thinking about this, this whole concept recently, and it's like, what I've sort of noticed is that because we've got these new platforms like um, in the UK, we have Trading Crew on two in America, it's Robin Hood and Weeble and, and things like that, uh, which are basically apps where normal idiots like me can basically buy and sell shares. Um, mm. It's become a form of um, like um, capital democracy in a way, because it's like you, I can vote every day on what on the future I want to see because I can go and buy stocks in a company that I think is doing the right thing. Um, and, and when those companies do well because they're getting more and more investment from other places, then you're creating the world you want by investing in it. And I think that's, the, I think that's going to be a, a, a growing future. I think people are going to move away from index funds um, and because it's, it's not, you know, it's, it's no longer that science that you can't do. So, um, I think it's an yeah. interesting trend, and I think it's a good one. Yeah, that's a good point. And Unfortunately, yeah, lots of are going to lose money along the way, but you know, um, whilst whilst we learn, but eventually, I, I can see us having um, literally uh, ETFs or the, um, traded traded funds or whatever the term is, um, which will basically be like, what sort of things do you, do you think are important? And you can almost you can almost vote from your political standpoint. Um, by investing in, I'll, I'll invest in those technologies. I'll invest in these ones. I'll invest in um, healthcare. I'll invest in um, know, whatever education. Yeah, and you can do it that way. I think that'd be interesting. Yeah, um, I think I think the closer that gets to home as well, the better. I think we've discussed this before about you know voting with your tax. Like, if you have to pay twenty percent tax or whatever, that's fine. But let me decide where that goes. Uh, democratically if i can say i think you know 19 percent of my tax should go to environment so be it that, that type of thing that'd be yeah. pretty good um yeah so out, out of the 10 things that are part of the green plan by boris uh, i think they're all pretty great it's quite ambitious perhaps um i think i'm probably most excited by the trees because i think yeah the simple simple works uh, yeah. Thirty thousand hectares a year sounds pretty good um, based on last week's episode, we discussed the forest, um, the combined forest we're building in Wales. Um, I imagine we will probably achieve that just in Wales. 
so it'd be nice to see what England's going to do with that. Um, and also the ban on combustion engine cars. Well, yeah, it's a big step. It's a very big step. And this doesn't affect me personally, even though I do have a combustion car. Uh, but it does affect my in-laws who are get to the point where they want to buy up. And, you know, they get literally to the point where they like to buy new. And this will be the last time they can. And I think that's quite cool. That is... It's, it's very quickly coming. I mean, at this point, I would probably, if anyone was thinking about buying a car, I would probably consider leasing it at this point. Yeah. Because I would, I personally wouldn't want to own a car, any car that's got combustion engine in it right before they decide to ban them. Just the resale value of that is, I mean, obviously you're going to use cars and that's fine, but yeah. I was going to say, I mean, maybe the resale will, will be good because there will be people who don't want to go all in. There'll be people in combustion cars until into the 2050s, probably, just because yeah, they got away with it. I don't know if there'll be enough. There won't, won't be enough. It won't be significant. But there's there's be plenty people. of stubborn people, but when the point that it, it costs you less, all of a sudden mm. their pride or whatever it is for being a petrolhead will radically disappear. Yeah. Let's see how that plays out. Um, anyway, in other news, there's a new Monzo rival. Um, and they're launching Britain's first eco-friendly uh, wooden debit card. So that's pretty cool. I mean, it's, it's very novel. Yeah. I'm not sure it's... Uh, I mean, it's great. Awesome. Um, I don't know if there's a reason to go and bank with them, though, just based on a wooden card. I mean, it does seem like a bit of a gimmick. I don't know whether I'd, I'd want to know more about the rest of the company first. Um, yes. It's a shame that someone like Monzo couldn't just offer that as, a, as an option. But. I, I'm sure they can. I'm sure they will based on this. But uh, yeah, the wooden car is a gimmick. It is a novelty. It'll be a cool thing to have a little bamboo debit card. Um, but I think the thing that caught my eye was how they are planning to spend their profits. So um, the company's called Tree Card, aptly named, uh, because okay. they promised to use all their profits um, to plant thousands of trees across the globe. So they are an international company. They're not UK-based, right. but they are launching in the UK so too. So you say all of their profits? Uh, it plans to use its profits. It doesn't say all of it, but okay. its profits. Subtle bit important difference. Yeah. So either way, uh, they're looking to plant trees. Uh, I've signed up, and even right. though I'm massively low in the waiting list, I think there's about 105,000 people ahead of me. Okay. Um, Apparently, I've done enough for them to plant three trees in my name. So that's pretty cool. I mean, it plants trees. It's eco. It's promoting it. I'm, I'm, I'm all in, but, but no, I'm not all in. I'm mostly in. Yes. I mean, I, I've only signed up. Obviously, it's, it's free to do I'm that. I'm so cynical these days, aren't I? <laughs> it's just so many people say stuff and then they just don't follow through. So... Yeah. Either either way, I, I like I like the initiative. I like I like tree card. It sounds cool. And the way it kind of works is the more people I refer or other people refer, uh, the more trees they plant. So if you are interested, check out my referral link in the description. And we plant more trees. I, I feel like they could have done something with the word plank, and um, you know bank. You know, I think like they could have done a play on words there, like the the, the plank of England. No, because um, plank does also have the connotations of being an idiot. Yes. I'll review that one. 
Yeah, maybe the marketing department ran past those ideas and uh, dismissed them. But um, in, in a final piece of news, it's just a bit of a fun one I want to share because it was interesting. Um, but apparently a group of scientists um, have successfully reversed the aging process. Just in time. This, this is pretty time. cool because um, this is classed as the holy grail of studies. And yeah. It's one of those things they've been doing or trying to do forever. Yeah. You know, obviously the, the fountain of youth, all that type of stuff. What was the answer? So, was it avocados? Uh, you might be surprised, actually, because it seems quite simple. But what they've found is the researchers at Tel Aviv uh, University and the Shamia Medical Center um, used a form of oxygen therapy. So I'll explain how that works in a second to right. reverse two key indicators of biological aging. So what they've actually done is they found two things that just get worse as you get older. And yeah. they've been able to reverse those which in effect replenish the cells. So those two things are telemeter length and sense cells. So the more yeah. sense cells you have, they accumulate, worse things are. Yeah. And telem telomere or telemeter, telomere length are little kind of like DNA things where the longer and uh, shorter they get, the just the closer you are to death, basically. So okay. uh, basically they, they put a bunch of old people in uh, a pressurized chamber and give them pure oxygen yes. for 90 minutes a day, five days a week for three months. Right. That's all. And that was it. And that was it. And they were able funny, to... Michael Jackson knew that years ago. Well, Jimmy, he was also addicted to something else. <laughs> but uh, they were also able to <laughs> increase the telemeter length by 20%. So... Uh, that kind of brought them. So what you're saying back. is we need more oxygen. Yeah. Right. So what makes oxygen? How do you make oxygen? How do you make oxygen again? That would, that would, that would be trees, wouldn't it? I, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Pure oxygen though. I mean, trees don't produce pure oxygen. No, not pure oxygen, but surely an increased level of oxygen would, would also be good though. Cause I was, hmm. I don't know. There's a, lot, there's a lot of people using ventilators these days, which is basically pure oxygen. So let's see how they play out. But um, the idea here is that they increase the telemeter length by 20%, and that brings the telemeters back in, back in time, basically, to how they were 25 years earlier. So the participants were averagely aged around 64. So they kind of brought their age back down to a range of 40, 39, uh, which is pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, in a case of three months, 90 minutes, day, five days a week of just pressurized oxygen. Which you could presumably do sleeping. yourself. No, I meant, you know, like you know, we spend rather than doing 90 minutes a day, you could potentially spend eight hours a day in some sort of oxygen chamber. Basically, I mean, uh, a sleeping coffin is what I'm suggesting. Yes, you could. Um, yeah, so the idea they're pushing here is that aging is a disease and it's a disease which can be cured. And this does seem to be the way. And there's a very simple way. Wow. Just as I was about to get some wrinkles. Fantastic. Well, we've got plenty of time to perfect this. So the time, time we get there, the time we get 64, yeah, this will be common day practice, but it'll probably be so expensive that we can't afford it. So let's not worry about it too much. 
right. Anyway, that's all my news. What you got? Um, right. Okay. Um, well, as you mentioned already, Boris Johnson has um, intends to make UK the king of wind. Um, and one way it's doing that, which you didn't mention, um, is that he's telling all wind farm developers that they will forfeit their subsidies if they fail to meet plans to support the British supply chain, i.e. Mm. they don't get it from Britain, they don't get the parts from Britain, you don't get the subsidies because it's America. No, UK first. Old. We have our little <laughs> mini Trump. Um, uh, yes, so yeah, basically they're trying to say there's no way like, there's nothing better than British wind and you should use ours. Um, so that is okay. one way of doing it. He's going the very nationalist um, approach, but He's only for the subsidies, though, to be fair. So I, um, I'm not sure I'm, that, that actually kind of makes some sense, so I guess. I don't know. to think about that a bit more. But, um, but in a previous episode, we talked about some of the negatives of wind turbines, one of which was the efficiency of it. Uh, we already have since reported on um, improvements to the efficiency. Um, the other thing that uh, wind turbines have as a flaw, which we didn't have an answer for, well, actually, I think we did, but you also were a bit crazy, um, was the killing of birds if you remember yes. i believe you suggested that we should fly drones around the around the things all day long to scare them off um well there's a simpler approach craig uh which i thought i would let you know in case you decided to get your dro drones license um and that is, is it cut cut their wings off what the no. birds <laughs> yeah they can't fly anymore it's no problem anymore no no, that no. Answer? no that's not the answer no that's you can't save cruelty to birds by being cruel to birds um no the answer is simply to paint one of the turbines black oh really does that freak them out well it i guess it makes them see it more because if it's if it's a blur like, the, like my hand is right now if you're watching this on youtube um then if, if it's you'll see that one black one won't you you'll just see the one black one moving mm. Uh, that's, that's pretty interesting. Apparently, just doing that will reduce the uh, deaths of birds by seventy-two percent. Wow! I think add a speaker in there as well, making some eagle noises or something, and I think we're pretty much done. Wow! I mean, I wonder how many colours they went through before they found black, and how many birds died in the process. I, I get that's, they probably that's, that's really black, cool. To be honest, I think that's probably yeah. the aim they've done. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, so there that, you go. That's, so, that's, that's really good. The, it was criticised, Wynn was criticised as being a terrible, terrible idea. The two main issues that those people mentioned, or I won't mention their name again, partly because I've forgotten them, but partly because I've been mean to them enough already, um, is uh, as already, we've already adjusted those. It's only been like, I don't know, less than six weeks since we reported on it. So, you know, technology, it's good, it moves, it moves forwards. Um, right, in a uh, interview this week, Elon Musk said that Europe will get its own specialist cars designed for Europeans by Europeans, or at least people that live in Europe. Um, most likely a small, affordable car. Uh, the story he told was that he was driving around, uh, I believe it was Berlin, um, in his Model X, and he got a first-hand experience of what it's like to drive around narrow streets and have tight parking. Um, and so... Now he's realized that unlike America, we're not trying to compensate for something uh, and we're quite happy with our small cars. Um, so he's now starting to think that maybe he should design car, he should have within each gigafactory 
there will be a design studio where he can try and pull in the talent from the local uh, area um, to design cars that would work best for that particular area. So we're going to end up with regional Pacific, no, specific um, cars. And in Europe, he's already said it's most likely to be a small compact car. And he's also said that he wanted to make it affordable. So that's his main aim at the moment is to bring down the cost. Is it like, um, a, like, a, like a micro Tesla, Tesla 3 or something? It's been the Model 2, I think it was is, is the is the standard name for it. Um, but there's a really cool, slightly out of scope, but it's a very cool sort of feedback loop that's, that's happening with this stuff at the moment is as they improve the density of the battery, um, and they're obviously building it into the structure of the car as well. There's a weird thing that happens. It's because the uh, if they improve the density, then the weight goes down. And if the weight goes down, then the the amount of energy required to move the same vehicle also goes down, which then in turn also makes it that you need less batteries to do the same thing. So every time they make a small change on the on the density and the weight of the battery, uh, it has a much bigger feet. Um, effect than it would you know like a five percent drop will actually end up being a 20 percent improvement because of the, of the feedback loop. um so that's cool uh and it means yeah. that you know that's it means it's more likely to happen sooner rather than later so all very good um next up we have that formula one i'm a i'm a formula one fan you you don't really do you're not a big formula one but Formula no, One. I'm, I'm I'm Welsh. What does Wales have to do with Formula One? They make a valid point. Um, yes. So Formula One is going sustainable, mm. but not electric, because they can't really, because Formula E already exists. So we had Formula One. The Formula E came in and started, you know, doing its own thing over here with electric. Formula One can't really go there, otherwise it's the same. So they've said that they are going to basically. Um, by 2026, I think it was. Yes, it was. 2026, um, they are going to have sustainable fuels. Now, what does that What's mean? What's that mean? Mm. Exactly. So um, it's they've not decided yet, but they are playing with a few ideas, one of which is synthetic fuels. Now, this is why that carbon capture thing makes me slightly nervous, is because the idea behind synthetic fuels is they use carbon capture to generate the fuel in the first place. And thus, they deem that as being carbon neutral, right? Because they've, yeah. they've taken it out of the atmosphere and then they've sent it back out in the atmosphere. And therefore, I didn't add anything. What that doesn't account for is any other disgusting stuff that comes out chemical-wise in terms of the process of burning it. So it, that's just only focusing on the CO2 thing. And there's already stuff about whether the CO2 link to the um, global warming link is as perfect as people have suggested um so yeah i don't i don't like that style of things but that's what they're mm. supposedly going although you know that's just a, a, a conjecture by someone or oh, whoever wrote the article um we could just as easily go hydrogen to be honest i, I thought you might have said hydrogen to be honest yeah that seems I, the obvious one but then i, I don't know. out uh, and yeah. to be honest i think i would still currently would still prefer that to synthetic fuels because we know that when you burn hydrogen the output is just water which i can cope with that my worry with hydrogen is how you make it in the first place whether you're using natural gas 
um, I forgot the name of the of the of the reactor, but it's a uh, one that uses gas um, to produce the hydrogen. That's that's what I want to make sure we don't do. And once it's just called carbon capture, you won't know the difference between um, carbon capture that's using natural gas to to make the hydrogen and carbon capture which is using electrolysis and just electricity. They'll become yes. one and the same, and then it'll just be oh hydrogen, it's clean. Yeah, mm. except when it isn't. Um, right. And finally, unfortunately, some chilly news. And that was a pun. But it's actually quite shocking or worrying. Um, basically, temperatures recorded just four days ago show that parts of the Arctic are 10 to 12 degrees Celsius warmer than they were just 30 years ago. Um, so one would hope that with all our science and all our models that we've done, that someone would have predicted this already uh but well we haven't it's much worse than we thought um there's we don't seem to fully understand the the link between the um the the melt up the the ice melting and the temperature there seems to be a disparity between there so it currently looks like it might be much worse and we also reported last week that uh, we've got methane coming out of the um, permafrost so Worrying times. Basically, we need to get to the future that we keep talking about as soon as possible. Yeah, I mean, if that's if that's true, and then we obviously find that to be uh, conclusive, then the whole model of the Paris Climate Agreement of not allowing the Earth to increase in temperature by two degrees um, might be yeah might be worse than that. Might be hell so of a lot two worse. degrees might be might be a lot more. If it's just whether it's warming or whether it's just more flooding, I, I don't know. We don't know, but um, yeah, it's, but not, if, if, it's not good signs. No, if we're at uh, roughly a degree now, say, and that's produced 12 degrees in the Arctic, yeah, yeah, if the Arctic is a factor of 12, say, you know, that's that's mad, and that's despite the fact that um, it's already like full on winter in the Arctic. Like yeah. The sun's set already. hasn't. You know, it's not. The sun isn't shining. Um, the temperatures in October were higher. The 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 melting was higher, um, and some of it even in early November, I think, still hadn't refrozen, despite the fact the sun hadn't come up. That is, uh, yeah, that's we, might a, we might have a rather bad feedback loop there. Hmm. Yeah. So we'll just keep doing what we're doing, but mm. that's me done for the news. So uh, what is our subject today, please, Craig? Uh, yeah, cool. Okay. Well, that's a nice note to pass over to me on. Um, Sorry about that. <laughs> my, my subject today is minimalism. Okay. So uh, it's a topic that's very close to my heart, and I think it's close to your heart too. Uh, but for everyone who doesn't really know, what is minimalism? What is this minimalism thing? Um, well, first of all, you need to own less than 100 items. Um, you have to have no career, no car, especially no children. And of course, you also need to be a young uh, white male from a privileged background. Uh, I'm not sure I qualify. Are you not privileged enough? Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm. 
Sorry, obviously that's a joke. Um, oh, okay. I stole, I, I stole that joke from the minimalists, um, who I'll get to later. So that's kind of how they open up because that tends to be the general picture of how people see minimalism. Oh, these are like a posh thing. Right, so I cool. Know. I didn't want to have to sell my child. No, ready, ready Violet, the first rule of minimalism club. <laughs> but, um, of course, you don't have to be any of those things to be minimalist. Oh, okay. And it's like, it's minim <laughs> minimalism is just a tool. Um, and it's a tool to get freedom, um, to get freedom from things, basically. Um, if you live in, a, uh, in the westernized part of the world like we do, then we are deep um, in a consumerized consumer culture that just wants you to buy, buy, buy. And that's a very normal day for us um there's nothing directly wrong with wanting to own lots of stuff uh it's more the meaning we apply to those things and that's kind of where minimalism is targeting it's we we tend to give too much meaning to the things we own um and we assign our happiness quite closely to those things too and i think that's where the danger comes in and that's exactly what the westernized marketing model is that's why they have, you know, scantily clad women draped over cars. Ooh, buy this car and the women will love you more. You know, we, we you all don't know. get the woman with the car. Don't. I mean, yeah. I, I assume Tesla. I, 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 I assume Tesla don't do that stuff. They don't well, have they, like. They don't do the advertising at all, so no. <laughs> yeah, they just, uh, yeah, they're, complete they're word very about. minimalist. <laughs> There's just no advertising at all. And it's better pay on it. Fantastic. I, I would I would assume that Elon Musk is probably a minimalist. Um, but yeah, the, the idea of minimalism is to consciously make decisions that um, you want this thing. And ideally, you know, if you want a new car, yeah, go ahead, whatever. Just know why you want that new car. Is is there a reason do you, do you want that? Because it's a practical application. I mean, a car is just a tool. Are you using it as a tool? Do you care? Or, you know, have you been, have you been upsold by someone? Have you been, uh, I don't know, maybe your neighbor's got a new car. Do you feel like I should get a new car now? You know, that, that type of stuff. Is there some sort of pressure, some Keeping worry? Keeping up with the Joneses. Exactly. Who like FOMO, fear of missing out. You know, do, do you want that thing because of some other thing? And would you be happy with it, without it? Would you be the same? That's kind of where minimalism comes in and says, you probably won't be the same. So don't really worry about it. And if you do want it, buy it, whatever. But if you start realizing perhaps you didn't or you don't really care too much, then don't. And you add a thinking process at that point, you'll probably realize you'll probably fall on the side of, I don't really need that thing more often than not. I mean, I'm already looking around the room a little bit and going, probably don't need any of those things. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, there's, there's, there's a sorry, challenge there's a, at the end. The knickknacks that I have, that's, that's the, when I think, look around and think, okay, what can I get rid of? The bits I always struggle with are the bits like are from my past. Um, and it's, and it's not even that I need to cling on to them because of sentimental value as such. It's just that I feel like if I throw them away, then like my memory is not the best. 
And if I throw away my past, then like, am I going to remember anything? <laughs> am I going to be able oh. to have a conversation with my kid about anything? Because I'm going to forget it all, do you know what I mean? I don't know. It, maybe well, maybe you won't. But um, yeah, what I tend to do with sentimental things is I take a photo of them and I have a sentimental folder on Google Photos, which I put them all in so I can remember those things. But then I do typically, you know, recycle, donate, bin them. That's what I do personally. What do you do with trophies? Probably the bin. Worked hard for those trophies, I did. Worked hard. Anyway, go on, carry on. Um, so minimalism, in a sense, yeah, we, we come back to how we actually feel about it. But minimalism is, comes in different flavours. Um, one of the OG members of minimalism is uh, Mr. Leo Barbuta, and he has a wife and six kids, but he is a minimalist. There are others who only have a backpack and they live in a tiny house. Uh, yes, they are also a minimalist. Like those people are the same and it's only how they think and how they assign meaning to things we would assume and associate with being a minimalist. You don't have to own, you know, a handful of things to qualify. Yeah. yeah. To summarize, the idea is that we focus on what's important to us and get rid of excess because especially if you live in a westernized world, um, excess is very normal. Um, that's kind of what we want to fight a little bit more. So that kind of brings us on to why minimalism. Okay. I think this is kind of where it helps us and gets, gets a bit more home. Um, on, on paper, minim, minimalism sounds great, right? You know, what's, what's, yeah, what's the harm? Sounds, sounds non-wasteful. Exactly. So um, what's it all for us? Uh, I think most things are obvious. That you get more money, more time, less stress, less things. And overall, a simplification of life. And personally, that's why I did it, first of all, just to simplify my life. There's too many things I thought about that doesn't really matter. So I kind of got rid of those things. And with a simplification of life, you can focus on what truly matters. And that's typically the people in your life. They are the ones who, you know, they aren't disposable, whereas things are. Mm -hmm. And the minimalists... Uh, they have this uh, cool saying, which they've kind of coined, which is uh, use things, love people. And they always repeat that. That's, that's their like thing. Okay. So that's exactly how it should be. Things are tools. If they're not serving you, they're gone. It's hard. It's going to be nice to do, isn't it? <laughs> um, but anyway, with, with that simplification, um, no one really cares if you own the, the new iPhone. Like the one that just came out last month, nobody cares if you got that. You, you, may, you may think people care, but nobody cares. And if your old phone still works, then it works. It's just a tool. That tool is perfectly fine. And the stress of upgrading be gone. Mm. Yes. So I know, I know we drink that Kool-Aid. That's us. Um, we still have the Pixel 1. Now, you have Pixel 2 or 3 now, don't you? I have 3 now. But only because yeah. my, 
my one was uh had a broken charger and i dealt with that for about two years <laughs> yes but before you even jumped onto the one you used um an alcatel that did. I, I believe was the cheapest phone we could find in argos <laughs> yes so and i lent the only reason it I, I used, I, <laughs> and the only reason i used that was because i had a perfectly good phone and i dropped it because i was too lazy to buy a case that would have been a yes. that would be an example of buying something that was useful. I didn't, so I punished myself for about a year by giving myself a rubbish phone. Yeah, so it was the phone I bought too because my phone also died. So it was my kind of last a month phone to try and get to a new one. I lent it to you, and yeah, you used it for a year, when it was only meant to be a few weeks. So yeah. and then I cracked the screen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Perfectly fine. Um, minimalism is what we need in society. In my opinion, um, it's our way of doing our bit for the environment. It's just the idea of consuming less and reducing all those things that harm the environment today. Yeah. So yeah, if you don't want the new phone or you don't need the new phone, which I, I, I doubt anyone needs it personally, if you don't need it, then don't get it and eventually those things will stop being produced if more people jump on that sort of idea uh, i mean consumerism is a one-trick pony that's that's all it does is it makes us feel uh, our happiness is external to us so we think that having the new phone will make us happy and it's just kind of down it makes it all external and to us it's just it's the shape of a new thing where you want to get that phone and go, oh, I'm going to be happy with that. Get that car, oh, that's going to make me happy. But it's just kind I of given... I mean, I guess there'll be a, a, um, a negative effect of that. On the, well, on the positive effect, you'd probably mm -hmm. end up with uh, manufacturers making better quality stuff. But um, on, the, on the flip side, they will cost more. There's less yeah. people buying them and holding on to them. And, you know, so you'll then get more resale value from the one you've already had. And it will take more money and more gadgets and uh, moving things forward for manufacturers to convince you that actually you do now need a new phone. So, you know, it will yeah. have. But I mean, like, um, if you worked out how much my phone and your or your phone um, has cost you per month mm. by the time that you've had it for like three years, then, um, you know, compare that to a £30 contract and it's, insane yeah i mean compare that to the new iphone which is over a thousand pound it's it's ridiculous so i don't mind paying a thousand pound for a phone if that's going to be for 10 years okay 100 pound a year i can deal with that i sell on the expensive side but fine i think that'll be a fine sacrifice but I'm you know that's... that one personally because i know i have a tendency to drop them and smash them but yeah yeah I mean, this is going to be high quality, though. It's not going to be made of uh, glass, which I think it actually is. That's true, so yeah. it's, it, it won't be, basically. If you made a bamboo or something, it's going to bounce. So maybe that'd be a cool future. But um, the idea of consumerism is it puts our happiness external into new things. And if we start reclaiming that power internally, um, we'll feel a lot more happy without having things and... I think we'll quickly realize that things don't produce happiness. I think we all know that anyway, really. Happiness is very fleeting. Once you get a new purchase, yes, yeah, exciting for a little bit, but then you have it, it's boring. 
a year later, you buy the next one. And it's a vicious cycle. And that's kind of where we are in this world where we're very wasteful. Wow. We've obviously, I don't know if you're going to come onto it, but you've, you've obviously got a certain period coming up. Yes, I'm getting to that. Okay. Uh, I wanted to just discuss reasons why first of all, but um, yeah, one one of the big ways I've personally helped my consumption issue is through my clothing. Um, yeah, so we've mentioned before, but the textile industry is the second biggest offender in terms of CO2 creation and fashion changes every season to something what marginally different from the last. And yeah, if you haven't noticed, or if you are an avid watcher of our videos, then you might notice that I pretty much always wear the same t-shirt. Yeah, my mum has commented. Has she? Yeah. Has she yeah. noticed? Yeah. Well, she is the only person that's watched every video, so. Right. And she said, oh, why is that other guy you with? Why is he wearing red all the time? Yeah, that's not, that's not even true. Even my, even my mum doesn't watch this. <laughs> Uh, fair enough. But um, yeah, for any, any avid people who have watched us in the future when we're absolutely massive, um, you might realize I always wear the same top. And that's because I took a plunge this year to give all of my clothes to charity besides uh, the following items. And I kind of listed them up because I wanted to explain how little it was in comparison to what I did have. Okay. So I own seven three shirts, seven bed tops, one pair of shorts, one pair of jeans. Um, one pair of trains, one pair of boots, and a bunch of pants, a bunch of socks, gym kit, a rain jacket, and two hoodies. And that's it. It still sounds like a lot, doesn't it? Well, I mean, it sounds like an expensive shopping trip, but when that's the everything you own, then yes. no, not really. Um, and I, I, how much of that stuff did you actually buy? How much of it was given to you? Um, most of it I already had. Nothing was given to me as such. I already had most of them. So when I went through my stuff to bin stuff, uh, besides the t-shirts, I bought the t-shirts because I wanted hardy material type things that would last washing after washing after washing. Um, and these ones do seem to be okay. They're mm -hmm. from a brand called MVP and they seem to be quite good on the scale of sustainability, etc. And they seem to have lasted. Okay. I've been washing them weekly since, well, for the last nine months. So, seems to do this job. It looks beautifully red. Thank you. Yeah. I own two red t-shirts, by the way. I don't wear the same one all the time. Um, <laughs> I have two black, two red, one gray, and one yellow, because I thought, why not? But uh, <laughs> You're feeling elaborate that day. You're feeling a bit... <laughs> I mean, I bought in the spring. So, like, obviously, yellow yeah, doesn't really play up too well these days. Oh, I got one, one like... Um, it's not red, it's not black, it's like the colour in between. Uh, like burgundy, I got burgundy as well. That's my seventh. But that's, that's all I have. Oh, burgundy under this. Exactly, I got burgundy, yeah, too. And, uh, <laughs> I like a burgundy meat. Anyway. I'll, I'll quickly show you one of these just because uh, I love it personally. So uh, I've left the screen for the time being for the podcast users. But uh, this is how I keep my stuff. No, I'm filling I keep, them in, I keep them in Pringles cans. So of course you do. It's a no, no Pringles cans. I have seven of these. Inside is a t-shirt. Inside that is a pair of pants and a pair of socks. 
uh, that's who you can't see that. Inside yeah. is a t-shirt with a pair of pants, a pair of socks, and every day I take one out, all nice and, nice and rolled, and I chuck them on every morning. And after I've worn them, they go in the wash, they get washed, and pop back in the Pringles cans. I've been doing that every week for nine months. Um, like, it seems insane, but kind of genius at the same time. Uh, you'd be very proud of my Pringle. Yeah, there's just seven cans of Pringles with dishes in them. It like looks I almost, absolutely mad, the outside opinion. I always want to like go, right, well, can I get, like, you know how the Pringles comes in different colours? Yeah. Like, I want to have a Pringle pot for each colour of T-shirt I've got now. And then, um, and then I can just decide, you know, what colour I'm going to wear just by looking at the Pringle pot. Well, I can see the colours because I haven't got the tops on the Pringles. I got them open. Right. But still. You no. Know, so the the T-shirts can, can breathe. Because the issue I have, I try and, you know, you try and stack the T-shirts, but then it's like, you know which one do i want today and obviously if you're just going to pick one i suppose it doesn't really matter but exactly i only have seven i have one every day so i don't get if i like for example i'm wearing a red one today then i got one red one left i got two reds um so far i've worn my gray one and my black one and i went red one today so my seven days start on monday i wash every sunday and yeah so I might treat myself to the yellow one tomorrow what, what? It's not going to rain apparently, so that's, that's definitely a yellow day. That's not raining in Wales is the same as a sunny day everywhere else. <laughs> Pretty much. So, I mean, that's, that's my choices. My, I always wear the same shorts. I've worn the same shorts every single day for the last nine months. Um, these are also a hardy pair of shorts, and I'm so proud of them. I refuse, I refuse to take them off, even though winter's basically here. They're going to last me, ideally, a year of constant use. Right, Andre, but, you, but you, you, you just said that you wear the same shorts every single day. Yes. So they don't get washed? Once a week. Right. But you still you wash them, dry them, and put them back on the next day? Yes. That day you wear pyjamas? Yes. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah. Please keep going. Well, yeah, lovely. At the beginning, my wife thought it was kind of weird. Yeah. But uh, she's uh, slowly, slowly grown to love the idea. And she does often comment of like, are you still wearing those? I was like, I'm, I may as well now. I'm almost there. My experiment was a year. I'm nine months in. I'm, I'm getting to the harder part yeah, we've now. Got, I'm, I'm not going to back down. We've only got December, December, January for everybody to go. What can go wrong? I've only got winter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But um, in, the, yeah. in, this, in this experiment, um, when I first decided to do this, uh, I bagged up almost 10 black bags of everything else I own, and I gave it all to charity. So I was very, very ruthless because I knew, I mean, I'm not sure if you get the same sort of feeling. You probably do where you have sort of like decision fatigue where you got a wardrobe full of stuff. Uh, what do I wear today? I mean, we're, we're kind of, because we're, blokes anyway we have less of a problem obviously i think women have it a lot more because fashion is pushed to them a lot more than it is to us yeah like for us a pair of jeans goes with everything everything yeah, I, can't, I can't say i spend an awful lot of time deciding really no my main issue is that i didn't buy any i, I very rarely buy myself clothes 
they normally come mm. in some sort of like birthday present, Christmas present type thing. Probably because my family oh. kind of tell me that you really should buy some new clothes, Ross. Um, so then I end up in a situation of not, my biggest problem is throwing stuff away, not because um, I want to keep it, not because it's right, just because I don't like the idea of wasting things. I don't like the idea of throwing things away that are still useful, even if I don't need the use for it. So um, that's where I struggle. And that's where I have to push myself to go, actually, okay, mm. sell that or give it to charity or just give it away or whatever that's the bit where i struggle because i think well if it if it works even though i don't really want to wear it i could just wear it on the days where i'm definitely not going to go out and then it's still got good use out of it you know what i mean but the problem uh, is i just end up i have a mishmash of of different yeah. clothes that i would rather not have you, you know you're not going to wear them cause... yeah I'm, I've, I've been pretty ruthless but i've still got some left I just that, but that's always the issue. I've got a couple of shirts. I don't think I'm ever going to wear shirts. I don't like wearing shirts, um, but I'll keep a couple because yeah, you never know. I might need one. You know. Yeah, you might do. So I, I have, I have, you know, a couple of shirts. I have seven t-shirts, but primarily I just wear t-shirts. Uh, I do wear shirts sometimes on smart occasions, like uh, you know, date night and stuff. I have two to choose between, so yeah. that's nice. And I have one pair of jeans. So, yeah, I mean, jeans are amazing. Jeans and shorts. They're just, they're they're an amazing creation. And those jeans will last forever. I intend to make them last forever. Um, Yeah, so I realized by doing this, and I've done this for nine months, as you say, I typically, I do school runs and stuff uh, every day. So I pick my daughter up. So I'm in a place where there are people who could potentially judge me. And what I realized is nobody cares. Or notices, probably. And if they do, seriously, you must have really nothing to do. Absolutely no one cares. No. Yeah. Um, absolutely zero judgment. Um, yeah. So, like at the beginning, I was thinking, I got two red T-shirts. If I'm wearing my red, red T-shirt today, I better not wear my red T-shirt tomorrow, even though it's a new, new red T-shirt. I don't yeah. want people to think that I'm somewhere in the same going, one. Hi there. Yeah, Megan. Before you ask, don't worry. It's a different one. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like I, <laughs> I did think that at the beginning, but then I started realizing that's how I do it on purpose. And I would wear two red t-shirts in a row, or two black t-shirts in a row. I realized nobody cares still. Probably no one even realized I was wearing yesterday. Nobody cares. I do daily Zoom meetings where I have my work. And again, nobody cares. So I've quickly realized fashion irrelevant. Nobody cares. So I encourage you all to do something similar. Um, other than that, minimalism is a tool that I have taken to other parts of my life as well. And based on previous episodes we've done, one of those is intermittent fasting. Um, that's basically a minimalist diet. You can't really get more minimalist than just eating less yep. so less food less to worry about perfect minimalist diet and other than that another episode we've done is kettlebells so i have a couple of kettlebells um and they are my perfect exercise weapon because that's all i need is a couple of kettlebells and i could do a full workout and yeah they're super minimalist little things just swing them and you're happy. You can't really get much more minimalist than that. So I think those things really work. 
Um, and I suppose, but finally, how can you be minimalist? Um, well, so obviously, can we talk about can we talk about Christmas now? Well, that's going to come in. Okay. Let, let me let me let me let me get to that point, then I'll come back to you. So I kind of see what it takes to be minimalism is a uh, minimalist is a personal question, and it's you need to decide what you can do without. Um, and you know what what is it that makes you content? Um, do you have excess clothes like me, or maybe you I don't know have a random candle collection that you just never use and it never sees the light of day. I have a chessboard. I never play. Or very rarely play. Yeah, maybe that. Yeah, maybe that could go to a charity shop and you can make some mistakes. I have lots and lots of toys. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's personal. I'm not saying you should get rid of everything you own. I'm not saying you should bin all your sentimental things. It's a very personal decision. And it's more primarily to do with if you're happy with what you've got, that's fine. Maybe don't add anything until you need it. That, that type of thing. Like my wife's case, she's got this weird, weird thing for um, pot puree. You seen that stuff? Yes. Well, I smelled like, it first, but um, then I saw it. I mean, uh, I, I, we seem to have way too much of the stuff, and I absolutely hate it. Uh, like, I don't know, I just find it everywhere. It's, it's in like, so, the attic and stuff. What's the, um, is it, is it, it's the Grinch quote, isn't it? Is um, one, one man's waste is another man's potpourri. Or something. <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure, but it's absolutely, uh, the, it's a bane of some, someone's existence somewhere and most of the time it is mine. I, I just typically try and get rid of it whenever I see it and I can't bin it because she does love the stuff. So that's, that's the irony, I suppose, that I'm, Maybe minimalist, but my wife is not, and neither are my kids. So I think you becoming a minimalist, it doesn't have to mean you got to change everyone else too. You can be a minimalist while everyone else around you is a maximalist, if you wish. If they want to keep buying stuff or buying new cars or buying new phones every year, fine. Mm. This is a you thing. This is completely you and doesn't affect anyone else should you choose to become minimalist or not. Um, but yeah. Talking of the Christmas thing, one way you can act with minimalism in mind is what's coming this Friday, and that's Black Friday. Yes. So, yeah. How, do you get caught up in the whole Black Friday thing? Uh, I'm feeling the pressure on it right now, yeah, to be honest. Really? Um, yeah, because obviously, I, you know, we've got Christmas coming, and we've got kids in the house, um, and... Whilst I don't need stuff, I mean, I, 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 my family got this. Um, was it something, something you want, something you need, something to do, something to read, or something? Okay. And that's how they. And that's like you, you should pick a present for in each in each section, um, and that's what they're ultimately going to get as their as their presents. But um, but you know, even the first one, what do you want? Well, that's already a. I don't need, I don't want anything. Uh, what, you, what do you need? That's fair enough. Cause that's something that, you know, we actually think we actually could really could do with that. That's what I'm missing. Um, but the other thing, something to do, something to read, you know, again, um, do you need that stuff? And it, well, and I mean, the digital world does help because stuff like, you know, what do you read? You don't need to actually own it, even though you do own it. Um, because it's just not, it's not a thing. It's not a material thing, but I don't suppose it really makes much difference. 
in a mindset perspective as to whether it's digital or not you still stuff that you feel like you're you i want this i want that one this i want i want another book i want another film i want another game for my playstation yeah. um but yeah so i'm feeling the pressure of going i i need to buy things for my son that he would like um mm. and i'm imposing that that's the that, i think that's the most, probably the most interesting part of, of me is it's because of christmas it's because of the expectation that he's going to receive lots of presents and the more presents he has if you like the the better he thinks christmas is just because we've kind of taught him that um yeah unintentionally but that is what's happened you know oh look you've got wow you've got so many presents this year you know what i mean aren't you so lucky and we tell them yeah. things, um because we want them to be happy but then all we do is we teach them that that's what they want um yeah we, we, we teach them things equals happiness which it doesn't yeah and it happens every year and well twice a year every year um and that's what they look yeah. forward to uh, so i'm struggling with that one i don't know what to get him that would not constitute just i mean there's a reason the camera's pointing where it is because you can't see it but like the whole section back here is basically all of his toys uh, mm. and i've got loads of things and we just don't need them all so yeah i mean you know just an idea just thought of that do you think it would work like um if we asked our kids to put all the toys they don't want anymore in a bag so they can go to santa so santa can give them to other little girls and boys who may want them um they are, they are, quite as cute as that but there are christmas toy charities which will like you know kids uh, charities who will take donated toys all ideally right. wrapped ideally wrapped they ask for so they can just then okay. present them to other kids great the bit so, i'm really bad at the wrapping part um no I'm, well so i went through a I, i've sold a few um i usually sell it for if it's uh like for, for anything else i try and get as much money as i possibly can and get, you know get the best but when it comes to kids stuff i'm i'm so you know something about becoming a father it just makes me go oh yeah just a fiver you know like it's it's something i bought for like 60 quid a year ago and it's like yeah just just take it it's, it's fine yeah um uh yeah so i've been trying to do that but yeah, I, I think I'll ever catch up. And I've also been trying to say to him, okay, well, you know, put in a box the things that you don't want. But I haven't, sadly, I didn't, I didn't know about this um, donating presents thing. I've said, you know, you can take that, we can sell those toys, and then we can use the money to buy, to buy new toys. Um, so I've done it that way. Uh, but I don't know if that's really teaching him minimalism. That's just teaching him to, um, um, to recycle, I suppose in some ways yeah i mean whatever it is i suppose you want to work a way to detach happiness and things and like happiness comes from experiences or people not things yeah and i suppose like even if you bought him i don't know a couple of tickets to legoland or something or, or santa did rather you know that, that type of stuff it's more of an experience yeah that, yeah, yeah well, those type of things basically well but I, um that's actually a very good point because my well the the where my um i'm separated from his mother so the one thing he loves much to the uh, distress of the both of us is is when we do stuff together that's that's the thing he you know he loves because it's the one thing he doesn't get um so yeah, yeah absolutely it has nothing to do with stuff he just wants to have that unfortunately he'll forget it that's, that's the other issue you do it and then you know a month later it's like did i do that don't really do that <laughs> What you mean? I had yeah. to put over the whole day for nothing. <laughs> it's just not that bad. No, well, 
yeah, I mean, this it's very much a personal thing, I suppose. And getting through that, it's, it's a very much a society thing too, that you get judged on. And as you say, that the more presents you have on Christmas, the better the day becomes. And there's parents who make a big habit of that on Facebook where they post like a sofa full of presents. It's like, oh, my, my girl's going to be so happy in the morning. It's like, I'm sure she will for a couple of hours. But then you're effectively setting her life up to become, you know, things equals happiness. And I think that gets difficult after a while. And, you know, she'll become an adult and have to untangle that mess for herself at some point. Because when life hits you and you start realizing that's not true. Yeah. Yeah. It's a shame. But, um, yeah, Black Friday is a very, very much a, a consumerism and everything. One goes a little mad sometimes and yeah we tend to, to buy as many things as possible because they're on sale and the word sale means to buy um we don't really see past that sale even though according to a bbc article published today uh most black friday products are the same if not cheaper before the sale started so that right i, I am completely not surprised about that's just a complete market employ yeah so all i'm saying is for people who are listening, watching this is this Black Friday, choose to buy one less item than normal. Just one. So tiny something, reduction. Something you need, something to do, something to read. Yeah, drop drop the wand. Just drop the wand. Um, and yeah, I think that tiny reduction, that's, that's enough to help you see that that thing, maybe you thought you needed, um, and maybe you thought it would increase your happiness, you know, those type of things, you start realizing, oh, I didn't actually buy that thing. And I, I kind of feel the same. I don't feel disappointed. I don't feel happy. I just, just feel the same. And I think the idea is over time, you can experiment by reducing other areas of your life, which may be in excess until you reach a point where you can't go beyond. And that's your personal threshold. So yeah, if you want to keep your trophies, keep your trophies. If you don't feel like you can get rid of those, fine. You don't have to. Um, but yeah, if you get to the point where you feel like you can't go beyond where you are, then you're a minimalist because you've thought about the reason of those things. You've looked at your trophies and you think, yeah, they are important to me. I like looking at them and remembering those things I've done. Fine. That's, that's perfectly fine. But the fact that you've looked at those and you, you want that, you've realized, you've thought about that. That's good. It's a really good thing. And that's, that's basically what a minimalist is. Um, Earlier, I did mention uh, one group of guys called the Minimalists. Uh, they have a podcast and a blog uh, full of ideas and how you can transition into a minimalist lifestyle. Uh, I'm a big fan. I recommend you check them out. The link's in the description. Uh, but one thing they push, I suppose, as an idea of something you can play with, and it's an act I'd also like to encourage, is they call it the 30-day minimalism game. Uh, this is how it works. You find a friend, colleague, family member, whatever, who would like to minimalize their life and invite them to challenge. So, for example, we could do this if you're interested. Be hard for us because we're kind of we're closer to that minimalism. So, right, you're closer than I am. So, I've got many ways to go. <laughs> okay. So, well, the idea is then the idea is simple. Each person gets rid of uh, one thing on the first day of the month, two on the second, third on the third, fourth on the fourth, etc. And uh, anything goes. So you donate, you bin, you recycle all the items out of your life by midnight. The game is simple. 
especially at first. Um, but as you can imagine, as you've already thought, uh, it gets harder as time goes on. Well, I'm already, um, I'm already thinking 20, de- 20 things in one day. What am I going to do? Yeah, as, as you know, weeks are going, yeah. You've got to find 14 things then, 15 things. And it, yeah, it gets hard. Mm. But, you know, we're talking anything. How many trophies you got? About six. I, I did throw a lot of them away, but I thought I'd keep the good ones. The ones where I won stuff. Do you know what I mean? I got rid of all the runner-up runner ones. Like, no, no one ever remembers the runner-up. Screw that. Get rid of that. But the ones where I won things, I kept those. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but yeah, the aim of this challenge is the winner who is whoever can keep going the longest. Uh, yeah, I think both... I might win that one but on the basis that you've probably thrown away everything, everything out already. <laughs> yeah, I've probably got less to get rid of. It would probably be hard now. I feel like I'm, I'm very much bare bones. But um, yeah, if you can make it to 30 days, yeah, we both win, basically. Uh, if you know someone's up for the challenge, share the game with them and... Yeah, let us know in the comments how it goes because it's a hard challenge. But I think if you're in the right mindset, especially this time of year, um, you, you could probably do it quite easily. Like, I mean, I figured out I could do it. My attic is full of crap. Mm. I could probably do this challenge with you. I could probably get rid of, I don't know, how many, how many things is that in total? It's 30 to the power of 30, isn't it? No. How's, how's it work? What's, um, what's the maths? Uh... What's the what's the word for it? Factor is it? Yeah. Thirty factor or thirty? I can't remember the word is. But yes, yeah, whatever, whatever, whatever the maths is, it'll be three hundred. Twenty-nine plus twenty-eight plus twenty-seven. It's that. It's that exclamation mark in maths. Yes. So whatever that calculation is, it's a few hundred items. Um, I reckon I could probably do that out of my attic because my attic really does need to sort out. I have boxes of stuff from like old houses and stuff, so. I reckon I could probably do it if you have fancy that challenge at some point. But for anyone well, I'm, else listening, I'm wondering about a possible um, adaptation of that. Okay. Partly to make it easier for myself, if I'm honest. Um, I'm thinking of like an adaption of the 12 days of Christmas. Okay. Yeah. So not for not 12 things, but on um, on the 12, just each day of those 12 days, you basically show a, a box of things that you're going to get rid of. It might have to be a big box or a small box, but each time you're going to go, right, this is, I'm going to get rid of this on the day, on the first day, this on the second day, this on the third day, um, as opposed to having to try and find, because the problem is, if we said I've got to find 25 things, I'm likely to go and find one of Ethan's toys that has like 25 small little blocks and it's going to go, there you go, got ya. Um, or you know, 12, 25 little separate cars or something. Um, uh, yeah, uh, whereas if it was I, like I, I, day one, I was gonna say, I, I reckon you would have exhausted them much earlier on, but yeah, I get your point. <laughs> um, but yeah, a, a 12 days of Christmas, which is because it's always before Christmas, so if 12 days before Christmas you get rid of 12 loads of stuff, then I think that's 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 a good shout, okay? I mean, that could be a nice spin on it, either way, it achieves the same aim. Um, it makes you think about things and like, yeah, could you find 25 items to get rid of? I mean, you probably could actually, thinking about it. If you'd sat down and did it, but the idea is you would look around and you would size up everything you have and you think, I like that. Oh, that thing, that's gone. Uh, that, yeah, that's gone. Yeah, yeah I, like, I like that. Yeah. Because that's, that's, that's kind of like, what it's all well, about. What can I not get rid of? That's essentially what you're asking yourself at that point. What, what can yeah, I yeah. not get rid of? 
okay, no, I, I can't get rid of you. Like the TV, I'm sorry, you, you have to, because I'm going to have to find something else. I need to throw away something. So, I mean, I've got, I've got yeah. deflated balloon over there. I mean, I don't know how long that's been there for, but I can definitely go. Exactly. So that's, that's day one sorted. But like, as you said before, you had shirts that uh, you think you may wear at some point. So maybe you would resist the urge up until day 10 and they think day 11. Yeah, they got to go now. Gone. That, that type of stuff. So it's a very interesting challenge. So if you fancy it in the new year, let's do it. 12 dumps of Christmas. So I'm going to go for it. Yeah. And if you can donate them, even better. Ideally recycle, but obviously That's a lot the of things can't issue. be recycled. That's the biggest issue is, is, I mean, like, you know, so I've sold a bunch of stuff in the last couple of weeks. Um, yeah. But, you know, each one takes like a week or sometimes to sell it. So, you know, because I'm not trying yeah. to throw it away if it's got value, because that's just silly. Um. You could donate it. Yeah, if it's that sort of thing, that's you know. But like you know, some of the things I have are quite expensive, and I'm thinking I don't want to just give that away. Call me tight, but you know, paid money for them. So you know, if I was a rich man, then yeah, sure, why not? But I'm not. Cool. Anyway, that's all I have. So there's two acts in there. Um, one act is to buy one less thing for Black Friday, and the other act is to have a look at the um, 30 Days of Minimalism game. Give it, give it a try with a friend. All right. Well, um, we'll leave it there. Thanks very much for watching, and uh, we will see you next week. Bye-bye.